are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be predicting the SEC tournament. That's right, we talked about doing this a couple of weeks back. I wanted to go ahead and get on live and discuss this with you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I want to say here right off the bat to anybody that is watching, I want to apologize formally to you guys. Uh, I went to shave uh, earlier today and the camera really doesn't grasp what's going on on my face right now well. Um, but I always like to to leave my mouth for last, and so therefore it leaves sort of a mustache. You can't tell how bad the shave is. I was down to my last razor, and it broke. I don't mean like the razor broke. I mean like the handle to actually put it on, like the the part where it snaps in just broke. So I am left with what looks like a caterpillar uh, on my lip, and I got to say I'm not a fan of it. You shouldn't be either. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to say that right off the bat in case you were wondering if I willingly, uh, did this to my face. So let's go ahead and get into it. SEC basketball tournament. We talked about this on yesterday's show. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, talked about how the Wildcats, I do like their draw as a three seed heading into Nashville. I'm sure some of you are already there. If you're watching from Nashville, uh, go ahead and give me a shout out. Would, uh, would appreciate it. If you left a comment, let me know where you're at. Um, but yeah, Kentucky taking on what should be Vanderbilt in the second round, or excuse me, in the quarterfinals uh, of this tournament would be taken on most likely the Aggies of Texas A&M uh, in the semis. But we're predicting this tournament today. We're going to be walking through it. If you've got thoughts on these matchup, you, uh, this, these matchups today, you can leave a comment as well. Already see some of you guys trickling in. Uh, wish oh some interesting comments from Joe. <laughs> Uh, on on the live today. If you're listening on podcast, by the way, I, I will do my best to describe uh, what is going on on today's episode as well. So starting from the top, I want to work my way from the first round, which is happening later on tonight, uh, all the way up to the SEC championship game on Sunday, March 12th. Number 13, Ole Miss takes on the 12 seed South Carolina in the first round of the SEC tournament, I believe the Rebels are favored by seven um, in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, South Carolina playing with a five-star in Gigi Jackson, first year for their head coach there. Uh, Ole Miss uh, kind of playing desperate, I guess as you could say. They, they're, they're playing desperate right now. They don't have anything to lose. After Kermit Davis was fired at a really weird time, by the way, uh, the Rebels are, are probably looking to just Play their heart out in this one. Or not. Maybe they've given up. Maybe they're just ready to move on to next season. I don't know. Uh, I would take Ole Miss in this one. I would feel pretty comfortable with that. We've seen how South Carolina's been playing basketball as of late. Uh, Really took it to Alabama and was not able to seal the deal uh, in overtime. Their last win was actually the last game of the season against Georgia. Uh, Went on a three-game losing streak there uh, before that uh, victory over the Bulldogs, which, by the way, Georgia has just been just sliding uh, as the year has gone on, just kind of fallen off. 
Uh, so I think I would feel comfortable taking uh, Ole Miss here. Again, they're not playing like elite basketball right now. Um, but I, I, I do think that the Rebels are <laughs> on a similar tra- trajectory uh, as South Carolina. The fact that they just lost a lot of games to lose, lose the season. Ole Miss won the first matchup uh, against South Carolina 70-58 to on the road. And then they lost by three at home. So this could be a toss-up. I, I don't really care. Uh, because what they face in the second round is probably going to be somewhat of a buzzsaw. Um, you've got Tennessee uh, in the second round, by the way, there. Number 14, LSU versus number 11, Georgia. This game should probably happen at about 8.30 tonight. Really interesting that the LSU Tigers finished dead last in the SEC under new head coach, Mac Mahan. Uh, uh, yeah, Mac Mahan. I'm really, really perplexed with the way that the LSU Tigers started this year and then finished it. They started the year off 12-1 and and had a couple of pretty decent wins in there. Uh, overall, just a very weak non-conference slate, though. Their one good game uh, was against Kansas State. They ended up losing that game by two uh, at a neutral site. We've seen what Kansas State has gone on to do this season, one of the better teams in the Big 12 Conference. I believe they finished fourth uh, in the Big 12 standings. Might have been third. Uh, but you look at the uh, you you look at the Tigers right now. Just not a lot of offense. It's just point blank. They can't really finish at the rim. They've got a couple of guards that you know there there was quite a bit expected uh, out of them uh, in terms of what they were doing transferring into uh, LSU. Justice Hill from Murray State. KJ Williams, a forward from uh, Murray State. He was expected to be good this year. An Illinois uh, transfer for Adam Adam Miller, who I believe sat out last year after getting a hurt uh, right before the season started. Uh, he's been not great uh, this year either. Um, one of the mo- one of the least efficient players on offense uh, on this team uh, in terms of people that actually have uh, a legitimate spot in this rotation. Justice Williams was a transfer from Murray State. Trey Hannibal was a transfer uh, from from the Racers. I mean, this team just couldn't put it together in the league. Uh, I'm very confused by the way that LSU just kind of wrote out this season. They're taking on Georgia, who, like I mentioned a second ago has been kind of falling apart uh, as of late. They finished the year losing five straight after beating Kentucky and LSU in back-to-back games. They lost to Bama, Arkansas, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina, all in a row. Uh, this, is a, this is a game against two teams that uh, I just don't really see a lot of intrigue here. I'm going to take Georgia. Don't feel great about it. Kind of confused by the way that both these teams uh, finished uh, the tournament, do a game-by-game SEC tournament p- prediction. Joe, that is what I'm doing right now. So if you want to go pull up the bracket yourself and follow along with me, you are more than welcome to do that. Elijah says, please get off here with negativity. Galaxy's boys clicking, clicking, no reason to put what you wish for, SMH. Uh, Elijah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and Joe also points out that they lost to Vanderbilt on senior night. I also pointed out in the only episode I talked about that Vanderbilt loss that I thought everything was going to be okay and that they would be okay against Arkansas. I didn't predict a win, but I thought that it would be uh, very exciting if the Wildcats were able to do so. So, Elijah, I have no idea where you got that. You look at this these matchups in the second round with Georgia, I think, beating LSU, uh, Ole Miss beating South Carolina, starting at the top here at noon. This game looks like it may be fun to a, to an outsider, uh, to an observer who doesn't know the, the injury report for these two teams. Uh, but Florida without Colin Castleton is not Florida. And he's hurt. And Mississippi State, while they don't shoot well at all, I, I can't take I can't take the Gators to win this one. I just simply can't. Uh, 
Uh, Their backup for, uh, forwards and centers that have kind of been rotating in for them have not been great. They've just been kind of eh. They can't really defend well. Uh, what Tolu Smith uh, does in this game for Mississippi State should be interesting. I'm not saying that he's going to dominate, but on paper it looks like a bad matchup for Florida, uh, especially considering the fact that their guards, while they do chuck up a lot of threes, they don't hit them at a particularly high rate. Mississippi State is the wor- one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the nation, but I-, I don't know if that's going to bog them down against a team that has lost their one offensive centerpiece that like really made them go. So I'm going to take Mississippi State to move on into the uh, into the uh, quarterfinals. Oh, Elijah says not you. Okay, my bad, Elijah. Uh, my bad, my bad. I, I, I misread the situation there. Uh, Tennessee will be taking on Ole Miss uh, in the second round, at least I believe. I think the Tennessee Volunteers win this one. I think Tennessee's probably going to take advantage of some of the inefficiencies Ole Miss has on offense. Uh, they're not the healthiest team either this year. The Rebs aren't. Zakai Ziegler talking about health. Zakai Ziegler not Ziegler not being healthy for this for this tournament for Tennessee in the postseason period is going to be really interesting to see how the Vols handle it because he wasn't just their best defender. He was the, their best ball handler. Uh, I think he was their best distributor. Uh, he was one of the most uh, aware players on this on their on that team, and they've got a lot of really solid, uh, high IQ basketball players on that squad. Tennessee falling to five this year is, is kind of surprising, but man, without without Ziegler, I think they get this win against Ole Miss, and I'm not quite sure how much further they get after that. Arkansas and Auburn, the seven and ten seed, very interesting. Really appreciate questioning and everything. Oh, by the way, in the chat popping in, really interesting matchup. Auburn won this game the first time around. It was early in the season. Arkansas a little bit different of an animal now that they've got Nick Smith on their team, as we saw for Kentucky. Uh, Nick Smith wasn't that big of a problem. He took a lot of shots, but he was very inefficient in the way that he played. And Arkansas, as we know, um, has struggled to defend the rim at times, and they've hit kind of a slump here to end the year. Uh, they've they've lost. Let's see. Yeah, they've lost five out of the last seven games to end the season. After starting seventeen and seven, they are now nineteen and twelve. They lost to Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky in back to back to back games. Really tough slate. Uh, but but I'm I'm really surprised that the the Hogs, with so much excitement this year, uh, have uh, just kind of fallen off. Uh, really appreciate it. question everything, man. I appreciate that comment. Uh, Going to be keeping it going as we wade deeper here. Uh, into March. I think with the way that Auburn is shooting the basketball right now, Justin Ferguson, uh, one of the writers on the Auburn beat, uh, pointed out that since Auburn's game against Tennessee, which was which was on February 4th, so it's like 10 games ago, Auburn leads the SEC in three-point shooting percentage. So I, I really do like the way that the Tigers are heating up. Do they get past Anything past Arkansas? I don't know. But I do like Auburn over Arkansas in this one. I just don't see a lot of the hogs right now that I like. That gives me a reason to say that they're playing better basketball than Auburn. Auburn beat Tennessee, which as we know is Kentucky fans. Not that difficult to do this year. Auburn beat Tennessee to close the year out. They're playing decent basketball right now. Uh, I'm going to take the Tigers, and I, I don't feel great about it. Final one here before we get to the quarterfinals. It would be Georgia versus Vanderbilt, it's pretty cut and dry for me right now. The the Commodores are playing good. 
it's so weird in that stretch to end the year, that winning streak that they had. They lost LSU in the middle of it. They beat Auburn. They beat Tennessee. They beat Florida. They beat Kentucky on the road in Rupp. How did they lose to how did they lose to LSU? I don't get it. It's one of LSU's two conference wins of the season. Jerry Stackhouse has his team playing ball right now. They're playing really fun offense. Uh, and I, I, I do like what the Commodores are doing, kind of turning things around here late. I'm going to take them over Georgia uh, in this one. So that is the first and second round of this SEC tournament that we have predicted. We're going to get to the quarterfinals here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back, uh, back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You've, they've also got player props. Uh, for points, rebounds, assists, steals, etc., all that good stuff. And there's so many more exclusive bets on top of that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner, of the NBA. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody in chat going through the SEC tournament. Please ignore the poor attempt at a mustache on my face. This was not intentional. I explained that at the beginning of the live. Um, we will be we will be taking care of this shortly, but not before we finish our SEC bracket predictions. Dad Gummit, although by oh, by the way, uh, if you're watching on podcast, really appreciate it appreciate you as well. If you would leave a review, I've not seen any reviews on Apple re- recently, but I have seen them on Spotify. Really appreciate you guys. Also, there's this new feature now on Spotify where you can comment and give your thoughts on an episode. Do that. I would love for your feedback there as well. The quarterfinals, we've got Bama versus Mississippi State. We've got Missouri versus Tennessee. We've got Auburn versus A&M. And then we've got Vanderbilt versus Kentucky. No major upsets so far. I mean, the 13 seed over the 12 and then the 9 over the 8. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pick upsets just to pick upsets in this. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win. And if somebody gets upset, they get upset. I'm not going to be sitting here trying to predict something that's not easy to, to just come across and predict. I mean, it's really difficult to come out and say, oh, well, I think this team's going to be beat this team and then turn around and be like, well, I think this team's going to beat this team because they're just all of a sudden, although Mississippi State's the worst three-point shooting team in the conference, they're going to go 8 of 10 against Alabama from, from three, and they're going to beat them by 30. Like, like it's just it's not realistic to predict that. There's nothing that indicates uh, that that's going to happen, or at least it's likely to happen. We'll talk about that matchup first. The Bulldogs against the Crimson Tide in the quarterfinals. Uh, of the SEC tournament, uh, like I mentioned. Alabama, a machine. Mississippi State, like I said a second ago, offensively inefficient from outside the arc. What Alabama does protecting the rim in this game is going to help them win this one. I think they're going to win it. And even if they don't protect the rim well, I I think they're going to be just fine. Their defense is top three nationally. Their offense is top 20 nationally. They do a phenomenal job, Alabama does, of protecting the inside of the paint. They are first in the country 
in two-point percentage, uh, two-point opponent percentage. 41.9% is what opponents shoot inside the arc. You have to be able to control that if you're Alabama in this game. You have to be able to continue to dominate like you have uh, thus far this season. You look at guys like Noah Clowney and Charles Bediaco being your two guys there. Nick Pringle is somebody that's kind of looked good in blowouts, but is just kind of been a rotational piece in the back uh, for uh, for Kentucky basketball so far this year. So not quite sure what he would do uh, defensively in this game because I'm not sure if he's going to be able to rotate in a lot. But yeah, I'm taking the Crimson Tide. Are they playing their best basketball right now? No, I don't think they are. But are they, are they so star-studded that it just doesn't make sense to pick them to lose against a team like State? Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to take Bama. If there's anybody in the comments that can give me a legitimate reason why I think uh, that that State could win, um, I, I want to hear it, um, but I'm probably going to disagree. Tennessee against Missouri in the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament. This is one that's going to be on ESPN, just like that Bama State game uh, as well. You look at what Missouri is doing to end the year. First year under, uh, I believe it's the first season, uh, under uh, new head coach Dennis Gates, it is. They won four straight. They lost to Auburn. They lost to Texas A&M, two of the better teams in this league. Then they beat Mississippi State, Georgia, LSU, Mississippi. That four-game stretch there, you know, it's nice, albeit, though, against pretty weak competition uh, in this conference. They're getting it done, though. They're one of the most uh, they're one of the most exciting teams on offense to watch this season. One of the most efficient uh, from inside the arc uh, in the country. I really, really like some of the players on this team: Kobe Brown, Demoy Hodge, DeAndre Golston, Sean East, Nick Honor, uh, Isaiah Mosley is somebody that's not been able to really perform for them so far this season because he he's been hurt. Uh, it's a shame that they didn't. We haven't gotten to see him because he was out the gates. I mean, he was out the gates swinging uh, for for the uh, for the Tigers. This is a team that I think can potentially make a run. And it's all about whether or not they get hot offensively. They finished the year scoring 80 points plus in their final three games. Uh, Again, I want to reiterate, against bad competition. But can they make a run? I think it's possible. Against a team like Tennessee, who doesn't have their point guard in Ziegler. Look, Tennessee's going to do some really good things on the defensive end. Really good things. At the end of the day, I don't know if Tennessee has enough offensive firepower or consistency to take down the Tigers. They beat Tennessee. Uh, Missouri did earlier this season. They beat them 86-85 off that buzzer beater in uh, Thompson Bowling Arena, if you guys rem- remember that one. I was watching that live. Uh, I've Actually, I watched uh, those two Tennessee buzzer beaters back-to-back live uh, those two games that were back-to-back. It's just insane uh, to, to see the Volunteers fall like that. But Missouri, I'm going to take over Tennessee. Again, it's a four against a five. I'm not going to pick an upset unless I think an upset's going to occur. It's just very difficult to, to see. For me, Tennessee taking control without the guy that helps them stay under control. Maybe they proved me wrong. Who knows? Pause for water. Because running through this bracket is tearing my throat apart. Immunity. You've got Auburn in the quarterfinals against number two, Texas A&M. This one should be interesting. It should be fun. 
for both teams, considering how competitive this most recent matchup was. I watched quite a bit of this Auburn A&M game whenever they faced off in College Station. And I'll tell you what, that was a really intriguing game from an officiating perspective because that's what A&M does. They get to the line, they draw a lot of fouls, they put pressure on you, make you uncomfortable. Uh, kind of, that's what they've done all season. I'm not going to say, oh, the officials are on their side. But Dern, it does seem like at times uh, the game is called their way. And uh, I'm not quite sure if Auburn has the size at the guard positions to handle the Aggies at a neutral site. That's what it comes down to for me. It's about matchups. Uh, Auburn has struggled against Texas A&M over the past several seasons since Buzz Williams got there. He's kind of had Auburn's number. They've lost three straight to him. And I know Auburn would love the opportunity right now with the way that they're shooting the basketball to get another shot at A&M and Buzz Williams. I don't think they're going to win. If they do end up facing him in the quarterfinals, I'm th- I don't think they're going to win. So I'm taking the Aggies uh, to move along here. So we've got the one, four, and two seeds all moving along to the semis. And then you've got Vanderbilt and Kentucky. And this is what you guys, I think, want to talk about the most. Let me see if there's any comments I want to get to in chat before we uh, before we move along. Any word on the Kentucky player coming on your show? It, it's going to happen. It's, uh, I was told it was going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. I wanted it to happen today, um, but I, I, I'm not quite sure uh, if, if I'm going to be able to do it this week. I had gotten word that it was going to occur last Friday, then on Monday, and then I'm not quite sure what happened today. So just keep, push, they, it, just keep pushing it back, and I completely understand because of the, the scheduling. It's time of year. It in, may end up being something that we get at the end of the, end of the, end of the season. Going to be completely honest with you. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Let's see. Any other questions here? No, let's go ahead and get to Vanderbilt, Kentucky. So the Wildcats heading into this one, like I mentioned, lost to Vanderbilt at home, right? But then they turned around, uh, turned around, and they beat Arkansas in uh, in uh, in Bud Walton Arena, eighty-eight to seventy-nine. They they continued to impress me. Kentucky has they've continued to impress me by winning games in ways that I didn't think they were they were going to be able to. Arkansas albeit not the most elite at guarding the, the guarding inside the arc, 39th nationally in two-point opponent percentage. Uh, but, man, they uh, they got ran on against Kentucky. I mean, plain and simple, Antonio Reeves just flamed him. That's the reason he's nicknamed the flamethrower. He just, he just beat him. It, it's straight up. He got to the rim. He was able to work on those floaters. He was able to get to the line 11 times, knock down all of his free throws. Kentucky just handled business. It was it was very strange to see Kentucky just turn around immediately after that Vanderbilt game and just rock. And I kind of predicted it. I was like, I think Kentucky's going to be fine. This is what happens. They're inconsistent. They're up and down. They're up and down. They're up and down. We are up right now. Do we go up for a second straight game in a row and beat the Commodores, or do we come back down? This is what we're faced with right now. I'm not sure. I don't know if Kentucky's got it in them to beat Liam Robbins. Uh you noticed in that first matchup, Kentucky lost by two at home to a team that didn't have their best player for the, almost the entire game. So, what does this Vanderbilt team look like now? I'm not quite sure what this matchup could entail for Kentucky. All I know is that the Wildcats are going to struggle 
even though Robbins is looking at at what what I assume to be uh, out with the he's he, he, what I assume to be uh, a season-ending injury uh, for him, I think the Wildcats are going to be able to make their shots if they don't take these mid-range jumpers. That's it, it's pretty simple to me. I, I think that that if Kentucky plays efficient offense. They will hit their shots. They've proven that they can be a good three-point shooting team. They've proven that they can be good uh, at the rim. But Auburn, excuse me, Cal and Kentucky has just continued to call all of these, um, all of these different plays for these mid-range, uh, mid-range things. And I don't know if you do that again, like you did against Vanderbilt. You get a, you get a win. I, I don't know if you feel comfortable sitting here saying. Yeah, Kentucky takes 30 mid-range shots against a team without Liam Robbins again, and they are able to just kind of make it out alive. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to pick the Wildcats against Vanderbilt, and if they move along, I feel much better about some of these matchups down the road. Just plain and simple. I feel much better about facing off against Texas A&M than I do against Vanderbilt. It's weird. It's just the way these teams are playing. I know A&M just beat Alabama. I know A&M just beat Alabama. It just feels weird. It just feels weird facing off against the Commodores this year. <coughs> Whoa. I almost just choked on my water. I'm so sorry for those on podcast. If you guys have any thoughts on what this team is going to do against, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> whoa, which likely should be the Commodores, uh, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. Or if you're listening on podcast, you can also hit us there. I cannot believe that I just did that on live. Trying to run through this show. All right, semifinals. We're gonna walk through this, I think, pretty quickly. By the way, uh, if you're if you're listening in the post game, if you're listening in the post live, and you want to do this this bracket, and you don't have a link to it, I'll drop a link to the to the PDF. Vandy Vandy isn't good. They're just better than what they've been. So that means they're good, right? They're they're playing good right now. They're playing good basketball. They they're on a pretty decent winning streak. They went a chunk good chunk of their, out of their last game, uh, ten games or so. I mean, they're shooting the basketball well. I, I agree with you. They're not the most talented team in the world. They're, uh, Liam Robbins is gone, but they don't need Robbins to play well. So I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if I feel phenomenal about that matchup against Vanderbilt. Just It's just weird. You've got Alabama facing off against Missouri in the semifinals. I want to pick Missouri so bad. I want to pick Missouri so bad in this game, but I can't bring myself to do it. Straight up, I, I just have a have a difficult time taking Alabama's star power and choosing it over some of these group or excuse me, some of these mid major transfers, some of these mid range major transfers from Missouri that have played well, very well in Dennis Gates' system. Do they get a win over Bama in a neutral field? They can. I think it's going to be close. But I don't know if they're able to pull it off. Not quite sure. So I will be taking uh, the Crimson Tide to make it to the SEC championship game. Piper asks, how much, how, how many teams from the SEC make the tournament? Right now, uh, ESPN currently has eight uh, SEC, te- excuse me, SEC teams making the tournament. You've got Auburn, Missouri, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee. Who am I missing here? Who am I missing? There's there's an eighth. Oh, and Texas A&M. How did I forget them? 
you've got those those eight teams right now projected to make the field. So uh, you're you're looking at uh, a decent chunk over half the conference making it. This is the second most, by the way, out of uh, any conference right now, at least according to Joe Lenardi. Is he the greatest bracketologist out there? No, but I think it's a pretty decent metric to go off of. By the way, uh, just very random thought. Kentucky right now has bounced up to the five-seed line in Lenardi's latest bracketology. Uh, if you look at bracket matrix, Kentucky has an average seed of 6.02. Uh, a few spots have them at five. A couple have them at seven, but the majority right now still have them at six. Uh, quite a bit of places don't have uh, their, their bracketology updated. Uh, like Bally doesn't have theirs run, updated right now. The Athletic uh, doesn't have theirs. ACC doesn't have theirs. Fox doesn't have theirs right now. Um, so we'll just have to see where where Kentucky really is heading into next or to the, tomorrow's game, actually, technically. So uh, I, I'm not quite sure what bracketologists are going to make of the Wildcats as a five or a six. We talked about it on yesterday's show. If you want to go watch it, I explain my thoughts on why I thought maybe Kentucky is better as a uh, as a six than a five, five, just simply because of the way you face off against everybody but the one seed uh, beforehand. I think numbers back it up. The, the further you get away from a one seed, the better. So I think that Kentucky taking on a Texas A&M in the semifinals, it's going to be tough. This Aggie team uh, has a lot of different guards that are solid for them. They don't have an elite front court presence. Julius Marble, the transfer from Michigan, Michigan State, is good, uh, I would argue his mustache is significantly better than the one that I have on my face right now. But does does Texas A&M have the ability, if Case and Wallace is healthy, to shut down both Wallace and Antonio Reeves? If if Severe Wheeler is back, if Kentucky's healthy, that's the question I guess we want to get out uh, get to here today. If Kentucky's healthy. Does AM have enough power to shut down the Wildcats if they're playing the way that they are right now? Getting out in transition, getting to the rim, getting to the foul line. I may I, that may be the biggest question in this game. AM really good at getting to the foul line. Does Kentucky do it as well as the Aggies do in this one? And if so, can Kentucky continue their streak of decent foul shooting? I mean, against the against Arkansas, they were at 78% from the foul line. They took 40, uh, or excuse me, I'm so sorry. Well, way off. They took 33 uh, free throw attempts. Joe says six. Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Auburn's in the field right now, uh, Joe. I think Auburn's making the field uh, after they got that third quad one win over Tennessee last Saturday. I, th- At least I think. Maybe wrong on that, but pretty confident in, in at least seven teams making it. So A&M, while they are a valiant opponent, and they could end up beating Kentucky by 40. I'm not saying that just because I'm predicting a a Kentucky win, I'm not saying that it's not possible that the Aggies go out there and just play well and just beat them, and they just have enough good shooting, and they're able to get to the rim as much as Kentucky does. And I see a lot of scoring in this game, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And any team could take it. Either team could take it. But I'm taking the Wildcats. And then you got the championship. I kind of don't want to predict this. I kind of don't want to predict this. Because if it's the Crimson Tide against Kentucky, you start to get flashbacks to what happened last game, right? You start to remember what happened in that first matchup with Kentucky kind of keeping it close and then just absolutely falling apart in the second half. 
it was a brutal, brutal game with Antonio Reeves playing well, by the way. Antonio Reeves, if I'm not mistaken, had 20 points off the bench. Kentucky shot 30% in that game. 30. I would not have a whole lot of confidence in the Wildcats. The only thing that I think would potentially give them an edge is what we've talked about for what feels like a month. The mental side of the game is important for Kentucky. I don't want to say that they're fragile, but again, like I mentioned, they're up and down. And when they're up, their mental confidence is through the roof. And you saw it against Auburn, and you saw it against Arkansas right now. This team is playing with confidence. Can they somehow manage to dig that up once more against a team like Alabama, who I can only assume Kentucky will be hungry to beat? I think that's a question we we have to ask. Where does Kentucky's mental confidence land if they do make it to the SEC championship game? Where does it land? And how does it affect their game against Alabama? I would take the Crimson Tide to win. If you ask me right now, I'd take them to win. I want to see how Kentucky plays in the SEC tournament before they, they get to that matchup. But this one could go either way. But, man, Bama is just so, so deep. On the roster. I I don't know if we we can sit here and just say that Kentucky would be favored in that game. And at the end of the day, how much does Kentucky need that win? I'm not saying they don't. I'm asking a question. How much does Kentucky need that win if they want to maybe, say, get up to a four seed? I think we also have to ask the next question then. How valuable is a four seed over a five or a six at this point? Again, go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you want to hear my thoughts on why maybe Kentucky getting that six seed is maybe better than a five or a four. And I'll actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to drop a link um, after this live to a YouTube video I want you guys to watch about statistically how different seeds shake out to kind of help you understand my thought process. That I'm not just saying this just to get a rise or engagement or give you a hot take. Uh, This is something that I actually believe in. So if you guys want to check that out after this live is over, Uh, then you can absolutely. So Alabama over Kentucky in the SEC championship game. If you've got thoughts on that, if you agree, if you disagree, you can leave it, as always, in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast any questions comments concerns leave them in the youtube comments hit me on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky hope you guys have a great rest of your day and god bless